This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Youth Baseball Talk. Only on lineupmedia.fm. Now your host, Jim Cromer. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of Youth Baseball Talk, brought to you by the Rope Trainer. As John Smoltz says, everyone should have one, from big leaguers to little leaguers. Make sure you check them out at theropetrainer.com. It's a tremendous product that I believe very strongly in. Uh, When I hear guys like John Smoltz and Chris Verna make the case for why the Rope Trainer can help fix some of these problems we have with these young athletes today, I'm going to stand up and take notice, just as you said. So make sure you check it out, theropetrainer.com. Uh, real excited about this show this week. I've got uh, I've got a, an old friend uh, back in studio here with me. Uh, kind of based off an email that I received. I'm receiving more emails every day, so I want to encourage it because I'm learning. I'm still learning, right? So uh, I want to share that right away. Info at youthbaseballtalk.com is my uh, email address, and I encourage them. I've I've gotten so many more lately as the off season is always an interesting time. Uh, the ones that I get during the season always seem to be about issues and things that happen uh, that you would see typically at a baseball game or disagreements or things like that. The off season typically are about, you know, where should I do this or what do you think about this or I'm doing this or I'm doing that. So I love all of them because they all make me think about all the things that people want to talk about. So as I receive these emails more and more each and every day, some of them make me step back and think a little bit about what we're doing, why we're doing it, what my role is, and things like that. So it was an email that I had received a little while back that kind of started me on this, I'm not going to call it a series, but it has been more of an intimate setting in here where when I get the opportunity, when schedules allow, and I can get some of these great guys on that provide unbelievable information and help you guys when you're out there in your search for training methods, you know, best practices, I'll call them, because I still don't believe there's any one true way to do anything in the sport. Uh, when I get a, ch- you know, like a Matt Lyle or a Tewksbury or, or a Justin Stone or even a Rick Strickland or any of these guys, when I get a chance to get them on here for 30 minutes for them to kind of tell you what's going on and some of the new thinking and stuff like that, I'm going to do it. But rather than have downtime for just downtime's sake, uh, if I have the opportunity to have regular, everyday people just like you and I on here, it seems like you guys have really uh, tuned into that and you're really interested because, let's face it, at the end of the day, the last thing I want to do is come across to you as a guy who's looking down at you. I don't want my guests to come across that way because at the end of the day, we're all human, right? I don't, again, I said it once, say it again. There is no one way to do all this. So I got a great email this week uh, from a gentleman. His name is David Wright. And it was a very nice email. Um, you know, he's a fan, uh, and I appreciate that greatly. Uh, he really enjoyed the, the, like I said, I guess I'll call it a series that we've been doing lately with having just everyday guys in here. And one of the things that he, he liked about it was the fact that it was real uh, and, and, you know, where it was coming from the heart, I guess you could say. And uh, we talked about doing some different things on the show that we felt like people would really want to do. And, again, this all comes from multiple emails, but then sometimes you get a long one that has a lot of detail in it, and it makes you pause. So one of the things that, you know, he kind of suggested, and I started looking back at some of the other emails I've received, is really when you look at this thing, if we're, if we're being honest, sometimes the only way to move forward from something is to look at where you've been 
and then look at the mistakes you've made and some of the great things you've done. And isn't that really how we get where we're going and how we become who we are? We always talk about in life how if you, uh, you know, you become who you are and you're shaped by all these decisions you make, the good ones and the bad ones, right? So you look at who you are today and you know that at some juncture in your life you did things that got you to where you're at. Coaching is no different. Okay, it's the same thing. You are a product of how you go about what you do. Okay, now, if you happen to be around some great people that that really know what they're doing when it comes to a fundamental standpoint and a teaching standpoint, chances are you're probably going to pick up on that if you're worth your salt and willing to listen. Right now, if you surround yourself with people that are doing things that are a little, you know, what I would call outside the box and maybe a little questionable and maybe a little confrontational, well, then you're probably going to be that way as well. Okay, so that's kind of where I'm going to come from with today's episode. Uh, So, you know, I want to welcome in a guy that I asked to join me uh, with my kids team a couple years ago. Uh, And it was done, uh, to be completely honest, and he knows this, we've had heart to hearts over a drink or two every now and again. Uh, It's been a heart to heart situation of uh, the fact of the matter is, is that I needed him. Um, He was a friend before he was my assistant coach. Uh, He had a boy that was actually... Um, two years younger than my son, only one year by grade. Uh, so, you know, you know how baseball is, right? And, you know, he really wanted to be, I think, with our group, and we really wanted them to be with our group. So one night I had a heart-to-heart with him, and the reality of it was I was friends with him first. He had an unbelievable temperament. He had a great understanding of the game. He had a great way of communicating with kids. He had an immense amount of respect from everybody around him. His son was an absolute dream to have around. It was a no-brainer. So when we were needing a kid and we talked about him joining the team, he had made all these overtures about, well, you know, I just want to make sure, make sure this and that and this and that. And I just remember finally telling him, I don't think you understand. We need you. This isn't about, you know, can you play here? Can you do this? We need you. So I want to welcome into the show my uh, ex-assistant coach, who is now the head coach of, of my team at the youth level, and that's Coach Bowen, Matt Bowen. What's going on, buddy? Jim, how are you? It's good to be back in here with you. And uh, the uh, as you said a lot there. I appreciate, I appreciate <laughs> that it. That is a but, lot. Uh, yeah, there's <laughs> a lot. But uh, I, I do appreciate it. And uh, uh, like I've told you before on your show, that uh, what you say about me, I mean, I couldn't be, you know, I couldn't do what I did without you. And, and, and it seemed like uh, everything fell into place. And uh, the, I mean, it was almost three years I spent with yeah guys. yeah well you you kind of came yeah. in and then when we that was the thing yeah. okay so you know we needed somebody to help us out we had some issues with some kids that were you know we had a couple kids hurt and you know we had a couple kids that were still doing the heavy soccer thing and we found ourselves short a little bit and that's when Luke started filling in and uh, really you were like every other dad who I've ever had you just volunteer like hey you need some help with this or that and next thing you know we really got a good look at you around the kids and it was phenomenal so that's what I that's what I tell everybody I do best I like to fly underneath the radar yeah like, well <laughs> you don't get like to fly not, under no more this right, year pal yeah, you're head I'm honcho in, I'm in the hot seat now I guess so um asked you to be on this week and uh, you probably heard on the intro that I've been having uh, more of these I, I'll call them intimate discussions with people where we're really getting real in here um talking about uh, some of the great things, but we, we typically wind up hitting on some things that maybe we wish we would have done different. Uh, sometimes those are conversations that uh, come from, man, you know, I wish I would have been a little more tolerant with my son. I wish I wouldn't have been so over the top. I wish I would have let him be a kid, you know, things like that. This really, and, and I'm happy to hear anything you have on that, but this more stems from an email I got from David Wright, who, uh, who was looking for maybe some best practice type stuff. And 
basically, and I think what he's getting at is, is what he'd like to hear is maybe some things we did that we realized maybe we weren't doing them correctly. And it's not always about relationship with the kids. It's not always about personal. It's always not about feelings. Really, from a technical standpoint as well. And when I read his email uh, and, I, and I understood it, I, I got what he was saying. It does. It goes further beyond just the mental approach with your kids. Sometimes we're doing things with them from the physical standpoint too, and we're not getting through. And I can look back on you know all my years of doing this, and man, his email really made me think about it. We focus so much on realizing some of the things we did maybe from a relationship standpoint that we wish we would have been better and then there at the same time there's a lot of great things that happened that forged the relationship I have with my kids today but some of the the teaching stuff too that I look back and think about how I evolved as a coach uh, I never I I guess I never really thought about the length of it and where it went from beginning then until I read David's email and it you know the first thing I thought of was and you and I both did it was thinking about where we started as far as when when your older son was younger, the way we used to teach hitting. And it seems like for me, and you tell me if I'm crazy, but it almost seems like I remember in, you know, trying to make these kids like robots. Yeah, I think that's uh that's that's probably right. And uh I think as you as you go through and you the, the more you coach and the more you figure this out and you the more you sit back and if you realize one thing is is you're coaching a team, but everybody out there is an individual. And we're talking about youths here. We're talking about young kids. So they all develop at a different time. And sometimes I, you know, it's something that I regret I look back on is I think I really didn't step back and look at it. And I'm asking a kid to do something that just, even though you're looking at the kid and he's might he's strong, but he might physically not be able to, to do what we're asking him to do. It's not saying that, like I said, I said the kid is strong. It's not saying that he's weak. It's just they're they're, they're young. They're kids. They're not they're not adults. They're not in their adult a body, and they just, you know, they're just physically they can't do something. And that goes with mentally too. Sometimes uh, you coach and you you say something a certain way or you use a certain verbiage, and the kid doesn't get it, and then all of a sudden you might have a friend that you played with or another coach around and he says the same thing to the kid but says it in a different way and the kid gets it right so it's like you know isn't it amazing how that happens sometimes how i i've often said and and i've seen it in your face i mean the the coolest thing about coaching is being there when a kid gets it it might be a a small second or the other might be a second to that of when they have a a successful moment after struggles i mean though that obviously is is a prime moment but it does seem like seeing that in a kid's eye seeing it and and them saying they get it i'm sorry that doesn't work it's when you as a coach who've been working with a kid see something that makes you say they're getting it they understand it it's a great moment as a coach you know well not only that is it's just because you really truly don't know if if sometimes if they get it heck i don't know sometimes if i get it <laughs> well <laughs> because uh, what to to go off of what you said what what really you know is nice to see is a kid that's that struggled and even if he starts to get it and whether getting it is getting a couple hits sure. and you and you see that you know, you see that enthusiasm, you see that smile on his face, and you're you're sitting in the dugout, and he's on second base after getting a hit, or still on the base, or whatever, and he comes in, and that smile that he's got from doing it, and whether he does, whether you know, it's it's we're talking about baseball here, you're failing seventy percent of the time, yeah. so he might go back struggling again, but just to see that little bit of light and see that, that's what to me, that's what coaching's about. 
you know, I, like I said too, I, to me, you know, we're 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 grownups, kind of, right? <laughs> we're, uh, we're we're men, kind of, right? Yeah. Men. Uh, I think the, the the drastic thing for me, th- well, there's two that I'll be honest and say that I look back on when I started and what, how I evolved as a coach. The very first thing, because of the health factor that that really makes me pause and think about, is how when I started. Uh, I, I coached, in my opinion, I'll use this term, by tournament rules, okay? I, you know, I felt that, okay, well, you know, he gets eight innings a weekend. Let's let's pitch him four today, four tomorrow. And if we can get, you know, we got three pitchers that are really good. They both, they all three can throw 12 on, if we can get 12 out of them on Saturday, 12, we got a chance, right? That's how we, that's how we did it, right. right? And that was a long time ago. And I think back to coming full circle to where you were in the dugout numerous times where, couple people even our own parents sometimes would say hey you know he only threw 60 pitches yesterday he could probably go one inning for you today and and we would say no yeah knowing knowing that if we put him in we'd probably shut it down right and we just and we didn't do it and I was and it's amazing to think about all the games we won when we started with our older group doing it that way and how much more prouder I am of the newer group and the way we did it because it felt right at the end it felt like the right thing to do being being on this side of caution versus the side of winning at all costs just seemed right yeah you know and again i don't look back and like just weep and sorrow over the mistakes that we made like i think i said at the beginning of the show this is how we get here right and you can only hope that along the way you don't do anything that drastically harms or injures anyone or yourself but it's the full circle of educating. It's the full circle of becoming educated, the full circle of learning, and the full circle of teaching. You know, the pitching was the one thing because of the health factor. The second thing is, and I brought it up at the beginning, and it was the almost robotic teaching that we did at the beginning because it felt like when you see a young kid swing the bat, if they're wild at all it's like we got to slow them down we got to quiet it down we got to do this we got to get and then they become stiff and they become robotic and now here we are in my in my coaching life which basically you know that that 10 year span or or maybe yeah 10 11 year span okay we're here now we hear now violent violent and athletic yeah athletic athletic and violent you know yeah and it's like Man, that's a – you talk about a 180. That is a true 180, right? Absolutely. And it's like uh, – it makes me pause to think. I There's a great uh, great instructor out here. I've had him on here a couple of times. I've been very fortunate to be friends with the guy, and that's Matt Lyle. He's a phenomenal instructor. Every time he posts this on social media, it makes me think about what we're doing, and that is the change that everybody thinks, like hitting's evolved and done all this. He always puts a side-by-side of Babe Ruth – and David Ortiz and the way they attacked the baseball. And he always says, yeah, hitting sure has changed. I mean, it's they're almost identical the way they swung yeah. a baseball bat. And the point is, it makes me stop and think sometimes that if you go back and look at these guys back in the old days, they used to just get in there and swing the bat, and they, they just got in there and ripped away, right? It somehow or another we got into this mechanical state, and it wasn't just you or me or anybody. It, you know, Hell, it may not even been perfectly. You, you may in the back of your mind sometimes been thinking, what are we doing? But as a, as a group, if you really go back about 10 years, boy, it really seemed like we were breaking everybody down and, well, you know, doing specific movements. But you're talking about hitting. Now, we're, we're talking about everything. Yeah, that's Even true, the too. Pitch, add, the, add the pitching to it because I remember one time, uh, like, 
talking about pitching, and all of a sudden I'm thinking to myself when it, when when the same thing is being you're talking about being athletic when you pitch. They talk about that now, being athletic and don't be a robot. And I remember a point in time where I'm thinking to myself, uh, you know, and I start hearing more about be you know be athletic and that, and I thought the whole thing I've been teaching is like robotic too. Yeah, with pitching. So it's yeah, it's the same way. It's still it's it's you know you you go out and play a position. Same thing. You got at some point in time, yeah, there's certain techniques you got to do to go fill the ball, but you also have to be athletic. Well, <laughs> you can't that, be robotic out there. And that's yeah. and isn't that truly what practice should be or reps, right? An, a teaching moment, but they need work. Yeah. So work doing it the right way. You know, we break everything down. We show people how to do this. Uh, I think sometimes there's no better way to do it either than by emulating. So like I say all the time, you can sure learn a lot by watching the, the, the best in the business do it. There's nothing wrong with emulating the pros because they're the best at what they do. Now, we always say on here or, or somewhere else that there are some things pro players do that we don't want to emulate, you know, and unfortunately they do it. You know, they, you know, they might flip bats and do all this kind of stuff. But when it comes to pure playing the game, these guys were the best in the business at it, so why wouldn't you want to watch how they go about it and how they attack it? Right. And the one, one thing to say about uh, uh, my son is what I, one thing that I love that he does is he does that a lot. Yes, he does. But <laughs> what, I, what I don't like is sometimes every week he's imitating somebody different. Well, that, yeah. <laughs> but maybe, maybe he's just trying to find his way. So that's, but didn't we but, do that as kids? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he, he does it, and I see a lot of our kids do it. Yeah. I, lo- I love it when I go to a high school game. Yeah. And I see a kid that's having a lot of success, and then I would go see our kids, and they're and they're hitting like them. I would lo- I love to see well, that. But what's that tell you? They're watching. They're right. learning. They're we paying, always talk about attention. kids. Like, be careful what you do in front of your kids because they're watching. You know, sometimes you say that, and that can mean a lot of different things, right? So, from when it comes to baseball, if my son is watching Albert Pujols or or you know anybody carlos beltran adrian beltre josh donaldson whatever and he gets there and he's having a good time and something feels right to him and he feels like he could why would i want to go don't do that you know he you know josh donaldson's a freak you can't do that i'm not going to do that i I had someone tell luke that don't imitate albert pools because you're not built like him well, well, it's well, so what, you know? Well, how many are? But right. <laughs> so again, though, I you know, it's funny. Uh, Bob Tewksbury, who I got a lot of respect for as a hitting coach, said that Albert Pujols was the one that taught him that he knew nothing about hitting, because Albert Pujols broke every rule he ever thought he knew about hitting. And he said, "Man, something's wrong here because this is all I've ever been taught and all I've ever known is to do this, this, and this." And Albert doesn't do any of it, and he's the best hitter on the planet. Yeah. This was, you know, ten years ago or whatever, but. You know, so there's more than one way to skin a cat. Um, I think the athleticism being involved in the swing is a big part of it because what we all know is is that not every player swings the bat the same way. They certainly don't stand the same way. Uh, there are absolutes within a swing that, that some of the great hitting instructors talk about that if you can do this and you can do that and you can get here and there, your likelihood of success goes up because, let's face it, it's a game of average. You mentioned it. Okay, you're talking about a lot of failure in this game. Mm-hmm. So for some of the better coaches out there, just teaching a kid how to approach it and how to attack it, in my opinion now, is half the battle. You're talking about as, as far as approach? Yeah, like just, ment- yeah, like, just, yeah. Just, just, just go get it, you know? I mean, right. trying to get a kid to just, yeah, to not be so pat. just go get it. Just, just Well, and that's, that's one of the things that you talk about, um, maybe some, some regrets, um, is... Maybe everything would 
would pan out and be okay with kids if I think and what's something that I regret is I just wish that sometimes I just forget about all the technique and and I don't know how you would teach it but maybe just preach it is just go compete yeah because I think if you go if you go compete uh and you're telling a kid just you know go compete he's going to eventually figure it out now there's some intangibles like you talk about that's got to happen but just just go compete don't try to you know go up there and mechanically do something just just go up there and compete you know but we as coaches and parents sometimes manipulate that word and i've said it Absolutely, a thousand times over we've done it that's, that's the regret and i'm glad you said that because you know. because here's and I'm, you led me right into this which is great and this is something that hey like we know sit, what we're doing yeah just sitting here i re, i realized this as you you know we're preparing for the show here and i'm thinking about this but what i come to realize and i might have just realized this just sitting here but it is possible to have fun and compete at the same time it's competing is not all just strictly absolutely business and being dead serious it's you can you can have fun and compete at the same time well you I mean, should you should yeah it's Look, hard it, to do but it's you should hard to do but yeah but but that's because that's what it's all about is have is having is going out and having fun while you're competing. And Derek, I mean, look, you look at what Derek Jeter says about the playoffs. It's how he perceived and how he looked at the situation. If you make, if you, as a coach or parent, if you make this huge deal out of it because it's a tournament or if it's the league championship game or whatever it is, it's, if you look at it as a fun situation, then it, it's a little bit easier to have fun and compete at the same time. I mean, nobody's saying that losing is fun. I mean, here's the deal, okay? And, and I want to always, it seems like I have to preface this. Nobody is saying on here that not to go try to win. Who the heck wants to lose, right? No, I'm, yeah, I'm not yeah, saying yeah, yeah. that. I yeah. mean, no. the, the reality of it is, you know, I agree with some of the people that say we've gotten away from 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 winning, meaning something. I got no problem with I'm winning. Not saying Winning's hand great. Out, I'm not saying that's right. Participation I'm an anti-participation trophy, trophy right. guy. I'm not, yeah, that, that's not that's. I'm but but I know where you're at. Yeah. I, and and what you're saying is, and I'm there is. I think back to some of my fondest memories was winning. Yeah. But it was tied in with competing. Like I love to compete, and yes, losing was. I hated it. I mean, who? I mean, if you're a competitor at all, losing is no fun. It's always an opportunity to grow and get better. Now, I think you typically learn early on in life that you don't always win. And, you know, at some juncture, hopefully you have a support system that helps you understand that, well, the winning is really great. And it feels this way because the losing feels so bad. It's, it's a, it, you know, it's the whole yin-yang thing, right? I get uh, it. Yeah, and you get, you, you, you win and everybody's happy. And if, you know, when sometimes if you win, not everybody's still not happy. We still talk about the car ride home and yep. you, 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 you might have won, but you still got that bad car ride home. Well, you know, for me, I, I had a, the kicking life guru on here last week, Rich Grogan, who's a, just a, such a positive guy, right? And that's what he patterns himself after. That's how he lives his life. He wants to uh, instill that in other people, to take that approach and that attitude in life in general, much less sports, right? Um, I mentioned on the show that something that I've always thought would be important is to redefine the word failure and success. And what I mean by that is if you think about baseball, typically we define failure and success because you just said it, right? Well, the best hitters in the world fail seven out of ten times. Okay, 
so then now we've defined success and failure as getting a hit or not getting a hit. Well, most of the guys that are really good at this will tell you you can't look at it that way. Failure and success should be about did you work hard? Did you have a quality at bat? Did you give it everything you have? Did you leave it all on the field? Did you? If we could instill that in our kids, that it's not necessarily all hung on whether or not you got a hit, I believe, and I do believe this, there would be more successes because they would be free to have more successes. So, you know, again, is it is it as simple as saying, okay, you know, uh, yeah, you were 0 for 4, but you hit two balls hard and this and that, and we're going to give you a candy bar. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is it takes a parent's approach, it takes a coach's approach, and it takes the willingness and understanding of a player to understand what are we really trying to accomplish here. And as you teach the kids at a younger age, and believe me, you can. Okay, a lot of people feel like they're fragile mice and you can't teach these kids anything or do too much with them when they're younger kids will surprise you okay especially the ones that really love it and really want to do it you can instill this in them at a young age to like hey guess what yeah you were over four it ain't gonna be the last time okay you're gonna be over four a lot okay but let's talk about your over four you know what you know what was your mindset did you did you try to help the team did you do if you instill those things at a young age they will naturally grow with that process and it's a never ending process because i mean look you were talking about young kids but even in even in the big leagues sometimes they have they have troubles you hit a you hit a rocket and you might see it not anymore when's the last time you saw a guy break the bat over his knee Oh, it happens. Bats made this different now, <laughs> but, but yeah, but still, I mean, yeah, it's it's just a never-ending process, and you you got to constantly, I think, go back and 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 revisit that because having fun and being competitive and competing, let's your your emotions are going to get involved whether you like it or not. Nobody's going to be able to just go be a mindless robot and go out there and oh, I was 0 for four, but I hit the ball hard twice and I'm okay with it. Right. Yeah. You know, it's 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 a it's a hard line to. Well, you, you know, well, it's, we it's, see it's, that, it's, though. Yeah, we see that in big leaders. And yeah. I know you're kind of like me like this, kind of like I'm a little louder than you are, but but you're that quiet competitor. You know what I mean? Like you got that quiet thing going on yeah. in the dugout, but deep down you're burning and all that kind of stuff. I'm a little more hard on my sleeve guy. Well, it's it's that's that's why we me, were it's good. A, it's <laughs> with, and with me, that's been a long time coming because I tend to when I go to that fiery or that emotional <laughs> side it, it never ends up good for me it ends up really bad so right. i got well, i got control I, it though i got to stay away from it so yeah you know but if you really look at it you know all these people that want certain things it's like well none of it you get just handed to you you got to go earn it right all right how do we get there what is the best way and that's everybody wants that answer you know if you could bottle it you could sell it you make a billion dollars there is no one right answer so at the end of the day you know if you if you start looking at what you've done as a both a coach a parent a player i think approach and how you view this thing is as much a part of it as any instruction i think it's the biggest part of it and 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 if you was to ask me something that what if i just go back and redo something different whether i was concentrate on it would be the one like i said is 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 having fun with the kids we can't have you know have fun and do more stuff to have fun and even off the baseball field and that goes into is sometimes the families that I've coached or even go back to my playing days kids that I've played with is 
I I wish that I would have had more of a connection with them because coaching a kid and seeing a kid 15, 20 years later, um, and that kid comes up to you and gives you a hug. Mm-hmm. There's there's no better feeling than that. You know, in our in our other assistant coach Bobby Zolzer. Oh God, he, he has that he with just, every kid he, he coaches. Every kid he's level. ever coached, and maybe comes that's up and ho- coaches him, Coach Z, and even, even our kids. Yeah, I haven't the, seen a kid yeah. that he hasn't coached that has it. And Bobby could Bobby could. And he's a different bird, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and he's fire intense. Yeah. You know, he's fire. Yeah. I think that there's a little bit of, but he's yeah. a, but one thing for sure, he's got every body that's ever been associated with him, played for him, bled for him. He's got their back, absolutely. And that, and they can feel it because they yep. sense it and they know. It. Do we? Does he or me or you or anybody go about it the right way all the times? Of course no. not. Right? We're not perfect. But they, but you know, with Bobby, that he's got your back. Okay. I want to. Yeah, he's got your best interest for sure. That's right. Now I want to talk about something you said, and you know, this is where I wanted to go with this. So, you said to me and the and the listeners out there that if there was one thing you could go back on, it would be that you would you would realize that you could have fun. And you said everything inside the game, outside the game. So now, I'm going to tell you that I watched you do that with those kids, and they were great kids. They had fun. And to me, like I watched them, I thought they did have fun. I thought they did work hard. You know, you've got to have some, like, do you just feel like maybe you didn't do it enough? I, I think so, yeah. Or do you think that's just our natural instinct is to feel that way? Because, again, no, we've none of us have ever done anything perfect. So it, 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 it leads me to ask this question. Maybe as coaches, are we too hard on ourselves? Well, and I think maybe it's maybe maybe that's my answer. And maybe maybe because it's I've walked away from the game and maybe I've been – I've felt that I've either been mad at myself for not making the right decision, whatever it would be, taking a kid out, you know, pitching or, you know, and, and you said I'm on the hot seat this year with the sure. head coach. But even though you got to make that lineup out, right. <laughs> even though it was you, yeah. I still felt like that, you know, I'm part of the decision. And maybe sure. I, I walked away feeling that we should have done something sure. different. Right. And then instead of going and having and, and, and leaving that game be and, and going and having fun with the kids, whether we were out, you know, out of town tournament, I, I might have been mad for an hour or so. Sure. And then once you feel like that, you're like, why? You know, I got to shake, oh, I got to no. shake this nasty, Been there, done it. Yeah. got to shake this nasty bug out and the negative bug and let's get back to the positives and move on. So it's funny, you know, we talked about Bobby. I can't tell you the number of times over the years that I would say I was going to do something and he would go, and he would, you know, like, I can't believe you're going to do this or whatever. And I would, and it would work out at the end. And he would always say to me, he would say, <laughs> that's why you're the coach. And I, you know, it's funny at the end, I wound up telling him, I said, you have no idea how many times those things worked out. They could have went the other way. Right. But I still would have felt the same way about the decision that I made. Yeah. I, and that was the good part of where I got to at the end of my coaching career with the young kids was that. I was okay with the results regardless because I knew in my heart I felt like I was doing the right thing. Yeah. And, and again, does that mean they were always right? No, of course not. No, but like we said, you can't do everything. Yeah. There's, there's, there's really no way you're going to do everything right and everything's not going to go perfect. You're not going to make everybody happy. But if you, then that's why it goes back to having yeah. fun and doing, you know, if, as long as you're doing right by everybody on the team and the kids – then you just, you know, you got to live well, with it. As interesting as it sounds, it's like sometimes when you, I guess for lack of a better description, sometimes when you, your son might play for another team, and as Logan got to that age where he was in that tweener age, and he started playing a little bit like with his own grade level instead of his age level, 
the organization he's at now, I'll never forget the first tournament he played with the 14U Pirates. Um, and I was at the game, and they, they came over and said something to me about him being able to pitch. And I said, well, he pitches for us, but I don't know that he can pitch up here. And the guy says, well, we're going to need arms this weekend, and I'm just making sure it's okay with you. And I said, you can pitch him at some juncture a little bit. I, again, I don't know how he'll do. You know, he, this is – and I just remember that on that Saturday in a pool play game, they threw what was their – quote-unquote, best pitcher against a good team on Saturday in pool play. And we wound up winning that game. And it was a very good baseball game. It was a 2-1 game. It was a great game. And uh, so the next day, while playing in the the tournament style, Logan actually had to pitch the semifinal game. And the guy walked up to me and said, um, so I'm going to pitch him. And I said, uh, you don't, I mean, that's fine. He goes, well, you know, being that I just want to make sure it's okay with you. I'm being respectful because I know he plays for – I go, no, no, no. He hasn't pitched in five days or six days or whatever. He's fine. I said, I'm just telling you, I hope he does a good job for you. And he says, hey, he, he, you know, this is – he'll do fine. So, anyway, he goes out and he actually pitched well. Now, when you when you responded to this guy, um, did you have the lump in your throat? And no, no. <laughs> you know, surprisingly <laughs> not. I mean, right. I, 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 I'm going to be honest and say that I doubted that he could perform well. Yeah, and he surprised me and did. Now I jokingly say that, you know, maybe these kids weren't used to a kid not throwing 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 insane. gas. Yeah. You know, I'll, I just asked. Well, you know him. You know I, how I, Logan is. He's lowing outside, lowing yeah. outside, right? But I had so, to ask you because that's well, that's that's a situation. Your sure, kids sure. Playing up sure. and 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 sure. it goes ties back to, would you would you have responded the same way if this had been well, four or five years ago? Well, and here's the thing, so he goes out, he throws a complete game throws I mean he throws seven innings and I think he throws 71 pitches okay and you know I know I'm going to hear it from him because I you know he very rarely threw a com, you know complete game for us because it's a triple a major level at 13u right he was he was a good pitcher not great and he would typically go about five innings okay and um, I knew I'd hear it from him because he loved it over there and it was fun and of course when you're doing well in a situation like that it's neat for a kid like that and the coach came over to me and said, man, he did really well in this and that. And I said, I said, but i got to ask you. I said, now we're in the championship game. I said, and that was a semifinal game. I said, why wouldn't you have thrown like Logan yesterday in the – I go, I know it worked out, but wouldn't it have made sense? And he goes, look, we had the opportunity to play a really good baseball team yesterday in pool play. We wanted to throw our best against them and see how we did. And then today, what we've had the opportunity to do now in the first game and now the second game with your son and now in the championship game is it's going to be a guy that's not typically the top-end guy. And somebody else is going to get a chance to go out there and compete and learn and get better. And they just might surprise you like your son just did you. And I sat there and I thought, man, I've been doing this for a little while now. And it hit me. How many kids have I given a chance to do that? Or... And this is kind of what I was getting at earlier when you said something and I said, but we kind of manipulate it. And that is, what do we typically do as coaches, Matt? We sit there and go, okay, Try to, yeah. here's our Saturday yeah. guys, yeah. here's our Sunday guys. And those Saturday guys never get that opportunity on Sunday in that semifinal or that championship game. Right. Now, again, I'm not saying what we did was right or wrong, but at the end of the day, you know, that is something I might regret a little bit. As I look back on this thing, yeah. I won't re- I won't look back on it as regret like I really did anything majorly wrong, but I got to tell you, I look at that instance and I think to myself, there's an example of another way to do it that accomplished a lot of things. Well, and I think that I think that the last year or two, you kind of sometimes did shake things up 
like that a little bit because I would have people, you know, the the, the families and the dads, and the, even the moms. The moms sometimes are asked more questions than the dads, and they would come up and ask why you did something this way or the other. And 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 m- most of the time, my response would be, I, I don't know, but it's okay. <laughs> what does it, you know? And and I, and I worry about that with me going to take over the head coaching role. Sometimes I'm thinking to myself. Sometimes uh, these, and I'm going to tell the parents before the season starts. Is sometimes in a tournament or something, you guys are going to think I'm crazy. Like, why would you throw this person, this person? Right. And it's and it's the same thing that you just said. It's a different way of doing it. Sure. And 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 at the end of the day, I have to be honest. Sometimes I might look at them and say because. I didn't want to make it to the third game on Sunday because we were out of pitching. Yeah, but I mean, now we're there, a, and yeah. guess what? This kid that never gets to pitch the championship game is going to be in there, and he's going to have that chance to do it. If sure, because he, he doesn't. He normally right. doesn't pitch, but we need the arm. He has to pitch, so here he is. That's right, and and, and that's and where I was fine. going. It's he's if he goes in there and competes, everything is fine. And it kind of goes back to an episode that I had not too long ago where we talked about the tournaments. And, again, not the, you know, the tournament organizers are there and it's a business and it is that stuff. But I do think there's a better way to do it because I've said it a 100 times over. Knowing what I know now, if you could tell me that when we were going to play in a tournament, okay, if you could tell me that I was going to play three games in a weekend, scheduled games, with the possibility of playing a fourth, and that's it, no more than four, I would be happy. Absolutely. If you told me, here, pay your money, you're going to play three games, and if you're one of the top two seeds, you're going to play a championship game, and if you're not, you go home. I would be ecstatic because I could coach my team like, like what it is. I could say, okay, we're going to pitch these, we're going to try to win these three games, and if we get to that championship game, somebody else step up. But we're going to go over there, we're going to play three baseball games. And we're going to play them right, we're going we're gonna to line up our pitching, and we're going to play, and we're going to give people opportunities, we're going to run it the way we run it. I would be ecstatic. I would have been. I really would have been. And I would have been that way from day one. Absolutely. Because that's plenty. That's playing because four three, games is enough. Because three games on a Sunday is too much. It's well, yeah. And and here's my favorite thing though. And just, I've said it. You, we've all said it at one time or another to feel better about it. Well, I got a lot of pitching. We've all said that term. Oh, I got a lot, right. and we did have a lot. Right. Okay. Because we had well, tiers of pitching. We had top end guys. We had middle guys, and we had lower end guys. And hey, we 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 got into those lower end guys sometimes and didn't work out. Sometimes it did. Whatever. But we would throw them. Unlike a lot of teams, we threw those guys. And I will say that in our defense. But nobody has enough pitching to game in and game out, play five games in a week in 24 hours. No, absolutely. And it's not with the, it. No. Forget about pitching. Now, again, if you, if you have a 12 or 13U team out there or 10U or 11U and you're carrying a 15-man roster and kids are throwing uh, 70, 80 pitches and then they're, they're no throw the next day, okay. And, yeah. But how many of you do? Because I can tell you, I've done this now through two kids, and the majority of the teams we play have 10 to 11 players on it. Right. And f- let's forget about Let's take the pitching equation out of it. Uh, and I'm, I'm not trying to say, you know. You're going to go, you're, you're gonna go into next soft. week's show now. Yeah, don't accuse me of being too soft on a kid. Right. But I think three baseball games in a day is too much. It's a lot. When you're going out there and you're competing and you're giving it everything you got, Every second. Well, that's that you're my favorite. On that field. Well, that's my favorite. Well, they're just ten. I don't. It's so they're not playing hard. Right. They're not playing hard. They're not yeah. giving it. You know. Yeah. When you're going out there and it's just, 
and and maybe maybe if that is a one time deal once a year you do that but yeah. we're doing it every other weekend sometimes so. every weekend if you're the right thing sometimes every week hey right. i tell you what um i mentioned to you i i, I buttered you up with lunch today uh, before this and i had told matt that what um we've been striving towards getting to a second show each week uh, Dave's email has really got me convinced now that we have enough material to do that second show based on uh, trying to keep the normal Thursday edition uh, just full of great instructors, great people, great, you know, maybe new products, things like that. And then I want to attack this Monday edition like we've been talking about doing for a while. And we've done some of them. I want to attack it with this angle right here, the real personal angle, and just start touching on all the different situations that may be out there. Because you never know. Maybe something we talk about will touch somebody like in a way where they stop and think about it. But to do this, we're going to need your guys' help out there. So make sure you keep, e keep emailing me. Keep sending that stuff in. Uh, luckily, I'm going to kind of live vicariously through Matt this year as he's taking my place. So he's going to fill that void for me of – you know, he's going to see the things that he sees on the weekends and every night of the week and dealing with the parents and dealing with all the coaches, dealing with all the leagues, dealing with all the tournaments. He's going to see all that and be able to come in and kind of give us that first uh, firsthand opinion on what he sees. And uh, Well, there's a lot you just said there. That's a lot. That that's is a lot, lot you just said. But you, you'll be You're... surprised how you'll be able to rattle that out. But, I've okay. got a, but I think I've got a soft <laughs> commitment from him that as long as his normal job allows, he'll be with us on Mondays. And when he's not here, we'll just carry – you know, I'll get some other guests and can stuff. I make, but, can I make a request? What's the request uh, I'm, is it I'm, lunch every time like, no, like today I'm, that was no. a big lunch I, but i like lunch yeah we okay. go to lunch okay. before or after but uh we we got to get bobby z in here with us. yes we do got to get bobby in but here i don't want time. you guys in here crying no man you he's a crier no bobby, i cry bobby. when he cries you cry so when he cries but that yeah that would be great to get get bobby in no, here with it us is too. Good. well thanks for doing this today i hope yeah, uh, no, i hope we touched on a couple things um, I want to do this more because I do want to talk about the things that you look back on. I don't want to use the word regret. I want to talk about learning. That's what I really yeah. want to do. It needs to be a learning situation. So thanks a lot, man. I appreciate you. I appreciate being here, Jim. Thank that's you. My, uh, well, that's my old assistant coach and the new head coach of, of my former team, Matt Bowen. Uh, uh, great baseball guy, but even better, better human being and better friend. So appreciate him greatly. Dave, I uh, thank you for your email. I know you and I are going to connect and talk about some other ideas you had that I can't wait to do, and, and, and we will have that. Uh, before we hit break, I want to remind you guys to make sure you check out youthbaseballtalk.com. That's our uh, website where you can find all of our past episodes. Uh, we're getting pretty deep here with content. You guys can go all the way back to the beginning and hear from some great people. Uh, you can listen to some of the interviews that I've had with some of the great instructors across the country. I've been fortunate to have, you know, tons and tons of, of people that can provide tons of information for you guys so make sure you check it out youthbaseballtalk.com twitter love it we just keep growing every week with more followers at podcast baseball is where you'll find us at on twitter of course facebook's great i love it because you're not limited to the characters you videos and sharing and all that is so easy facebook.com slash youth baseball talk and of course i've mentioned the email on here numerous times info at youth i need those emails from you guys because i want to make sure i'm engaging what you guys are talking about um i typically don't you know, talk about all the guys that email me on here, but I trust me, most of the subjects that come up on here are from those emails that we get. And of course, subscribing to the show is the easiest way to stay up with what we're doing. Just go to iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, or any major podcast outlet. Just click the subscribe button. It is free. It'll also give you an opportunity to leave us a review. Uh, the easiest way, though, to subscribe to the show, just go to youthbaseballtalk.com. You'll see the tabs over there on whatever your network provider is, if you're on iTunes or if you're a Stitcher 
or Podbean or whatever it is, you can just click on that and it'll take you right where you need to go to subscribe to the show. So uh, really appreciate you guys doing it. Uh, very happy to be part of lineupmedia.fm. Uh, they are taking entertainment to a whole nother level. Make sure you check them out. I guarantee you, uh, if you're listening to this podcast, it's probably because you're heavily involved in youth baseball in some way, shape, or form. But they've got so many different podcasts out there for your entertainment time, uh, depending on what it is you have going on else in your life. I'm sure it's not just baseball, although it probably feels like that sometimes. They've got great shows. If you just check it out, I'm sure you'll find something. Lineupmedia.fm. Okay, we're going to take a quick break here. And, uh, again, before we do go to break, I want to thank uh, all the people over at The Rope Trainer for their continued support of the show. Make sure you check them out, theropetrainer.com. As John Smoltz says, everybody should have one from big leaguers to little leaguers. Going to take that short break. When we get back, we'll hear from our favorite uh, Puerto Rican baseball player, Domingo Ayala, and his theory of baseball. Attention, coaches, parents, and student-athletes. Here at Youth Baseball Talk, one of the most common emails we receive from mom and dad are about the college recruitment and selection process. Far too often, these emails do not have happy endings. Let me tell you about our friend Mark Lineweaver in Perfect Placement. Perfect Placement identifies and helps you with important decision-making factors which are way too often overlooked in the college recruitment process. Such as, is it the right student body size for you? Is it a comfortable proximity from your home? Do they offer your desired field of study? How about extracurricular activities that interest you? And of course, the proper level of competition for your skill set. Once they've identified these factors, they will contact those colleges and speak directly to the coaching staff in an effort to help you. To learn more about Perfect Placement, simply check out their website, perfectplacement.com. That's placement with a Y. To contact them, you can email them at info at perfectplacement.com. Remember, that's placement with a Y. Call 310-921-8669 for more information. That's 310-921-8669. Perfect Placement, specializing in assisting your student-athlete. Hello, everybody. Thanks for sticking with us through the break. And special thanks to Mark Lineweaver. What a great uh, individual he is. He's done a lot for kids that are just, you know, trying to make their way and would just enjoy the college experience to play athletics if it's what they choose to do. So uh, there's a place out there for everybody, I always say. Uh, Guys like Mark are around to help us find our way. So give him a call. He's great, great people for sure. Uh, Speaking of great people, it's time to hear from Domingo Ayala and his theory of baseball. Uh, Really appreciate the lighter side of baseball and how Domingo always seems to have a great message. Uh, Couldn't have this message without the pitch hitter. Uh, What a great product, what a great company, what great people. They've developed this awesome tool for all young baseball players to use and develop their skill. Uh, Nothing worse, I always say, than sitting there and listening to parents and coaches yell at kids that just throw strikes. I always say, they're trying. Well, this device from the pitch hitter, enables a kid to practice that as much as he'd like, enables coaches to use it at practice. It's very portable, very useful. It's just a tremendous thing. I wish I'd have had it when our boys were younger. Might have saved me a lot of stress and anxiety in that dugout. So make sure you check it out, thepitchhitter.com. Domingo, take it away. Hi, Jim. How you doing? It's good to be back. And thanks to the pitch hitter for making this happen. Today, I want to talk about one of the hardest things to do in baseball. And no, I'm not talking about facing me. I'm talking about pinch hitting. Now, I don't pinch hit because I'm always in the starting lineup. But sometimes if I'm having a day off and they need a bomb late in the game, they put me in. Now, let me explain why this is so tough for most people, Jim. Usually, the pinch hitter come in late in the game, so the person who pinch hit 
have been sitting on the bench all game. They're getting cold, they're getting tired. They already have a bad attitude because they're upset for not starting the game, talking about how they should be playing instead of the other guy. Then, finally after you tell everyone on the team how mad you are because Mr. Coach is not playing you, Mr. Coach turned around and he said he need you to hit. Now you panic because you don't respect this, you forget where you put your helmet, you don't know where your body is. Now by the time you get to the play, you're trying to prove yourself to Mr. Coach that you're the best player on the team with one swing of the bat. But instead, because you're trying too hard, you pop up to the shortstop, Mr. Coach mad that you leave the runner on the base, and next game, you're back on the bench. And that's why pinch hitting is so hard, because it's such a mental game. It takes a big time player to be a good pinch hitter. Well, that's what I got for today, Jim. Thanks again to the pinch hitter for bringing me on. Not the pinch hitter, the pinch hitter. Go check it out, unless you're semi-pro. Thank you, Domingo. And when it comes to the subject of pinch hitting, I wouldn't expect you to have any other ideas on the subject than you uh, let our listeners know. <laughs> I, uh, I love the way this guy makes the game fun and the way he makes us stop and think. So thank you so much, Domingo. And again, special thanks to the pinch hitter. As Domingo says, don't be semi-pro, be big time. Get your pitch hitter, thepitchhitter.com. Uh, let's hear from my man Justin Stone now. Uh, I'm actually excited that uh, I'm going to be taking a trip this weekend up to Chicago for the holidays, and my boy's actually going to get to spend some time with him. We do this, you know, about three to four times a year. Uh, the family likes to get up to Chicago, so we're taking advantage of this being a holiday weekend. Going to get away, go on up there, and uh, my kids look forward to spending time with Justin and Travis and the crew up there. Gives them another set of eyes, gives them an opportunity to see, and it's always helpful to have as many great people within the game help your kid. And uh, I always say it's great to hear from different coaches too because they need to learn how to accept advice from different coaches. So I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, EliteBaseball.tv, you guys know how I feel about it. I think it's one of the uh, of all the things I've come across over the years. It's the number one product, I guess, because it technically is a product. It's just a teaching aid that's unbelievable. I've never had anybody – Check it out that didn't feel like it really helped them. So make sure you check out EliteBaseball.tv. This is Justin Stone. Take it away, Justin. Jim, this is Justin Stone with the EliteBaseball.tv Tip of the Week. And with Thanksgiving approaching us, one of the, my favorite weeks of the year is teaching during Thanksgiving because we get all of our college and pro players, well, many of which I've had since they were 8 or 10 years old, coming back to see us. And I love to see the growth in these players from year to year. It's really like watching your children grow up. You see them mature as hitters. You see them physically getting stronger. And you can see their careers really beginning to take off. And more importantly, beginning to understand the offensive side of the game with each passing year. So one of my favorite things, and our coaching point for today, is listen to your players and talk to them. I feel like when I go with my older players, the, the guys that are in college and pro ball, so we're talking 20 years old or older, we end up talking more than we do hitting a lot of the times. And really this give and take process from the coach to the player is where I think learning takes place the most. It isn't just about feeling and honing your swing through repetition over and over again. Yeah, that's important. The feel aspect of hitting is extremely important. But truly when you've learned is when you get an understanding of your body, how it functions, what your problem or sticking points are, and then seeing how those sticking points reflect in the way you swing the bat 
and get an idea of how to fix them. Your sticking points from when you're 10 years old to when you're 22 are probably going to be the same. But what you find through drill work is when we see the air, when we're not hitting the ball like we would, would like to, we know the flaw and then we have a basis of a drill progression that will help fix it. So when we get in the cage with these older hitters, that give and take of them understanding their swings, understanding their bodies, is as important as anything we do with the ball-bat collision. And of course, as the game gets faster as they get older, this becomes more and more important. We have to be more critically detailed in our work as the pitches become faster and the break gets bigger. So I feel like my, the reason why I love this the most is because when they're 22 years old and they're starting to understand things that we were trying to teach them when they're 16, like, Coach, we're, I, I understand what you were trying to get through to me way back when, and I'm just now getting it. And it takes time. So that's another piece for you coaches out there. We know what the players need to do in most cases, but it takes a level of maturation for them mentally as well as physically to really get it all. They're not going to get every piece we want them to get in the short amount of time that you have with them as a high school player or their travel ball career. But you'll see when they come back to you years later that they're still working on the things that maybe we were reflecting on four to six years previous. And it takes that amount of time. And I joke with guys when they come in 16, 17 years old, I said, by the time you're 23, we need to have this figured out. And they kind of look at me crazy. It takes that much time. So when we get in here in the Thanksgiving week, I'm really looking forward. I'll have some pro players coming in today of just that give and take, that talking and listening to what they feel like their swing is like right now, the things from the offensive standpoint they're having success with in the game, and why. So the approach that we can learn, as well as the physical aspect of their swing, will be achieved just by talking as much as swinging. So that's my tip of the week. Listen to your players. Have that conversation with them. And learning takes place as much in conversation as it does in physical work. So going back and telling them, you have to talk to me as a player to a coach. I need information from you. I need to know what you're thinking and feeling in order to coach you better. That give and take relationship with your players is going to make them better faster as well as just start to foster a relationship that will help them throughout their game and the time that you have with them. So I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for the relationships that I've had with all of my players and excited that I get to see them again here in the next couple days. From EliteBaseball.tv, I'm Justin Stone. Until next week, we'll see you on the field. Great stuff as always from my man Justin. Uh, really appreciate uh, his outlook, and you know sometimes you got to listen to your players. It's just a great segment uh, from a great guy that really knows his stuff. And again, looking forward to seeing him this weekend. He's so gracious with his time and effort. Uh, it means a lot to me uh, to have that relationship with him, and I know my kids just absolutely enjoy going up there. So I'll be seeing you this weekend, uh, Justin. All right, let's take it over to my man, uh, Rick Strickland, who I entrust my son with on a regular basis here in town. Uh, does a great job, uh, second to none in my opinion. Uh, understands the art of the swing, understands how to play the game the right way. Uh, St. Louis Pirates Baseball is just such a great organization in my opinion, and his Rick Strickland uh, swing rehab is just a great thing for all kids that are trying to understand their swing. Blast Motion brings it to you each week. Uh, let's hear from my man, Rick. Take it away. Hey, Jim, it's a pleasure to be back on the show again this week here on Thanksgiving Eve. Last week we talked a little bit about, you know, what we've been coming up with to simplify uh, the baseball swing. And, and we, we've gone uh, 
and developed a swing rehab program and a lot of different iterations of it. Uh, it's come, uh, um, we've talked about strength, we've talked about athleticism, we've talked about swing playing, we've talked about rotation, we talked about, you know, ideas on how to hit things of that nature. The more and more we actually start to look at this whole process, we realize what, you know, a wonderful instrument the body is and understanding and unlocking those those chain of events that actually happens in a swing that actually make it very efficient are extremely, extremely important. We get a lot of questions that people ask us, and those questions are regarding um, um, athleticism. You know, usually when we use our technology and sensor data in there, we do get some type of indication as to what kind of athlete we're actually dealing with. We really look at the kinetic chain and the energy transfer of being able to transfer to a body and uh, to the bat and swing it. There are a lot of coaches out there we work on intent, and usually the focus in baseball has really been on the output. And when I say output, we're looking at uh, exit speeds. And for those of you guys who are not familiar what exit speeds are, it's really becoming an important metric that you see on the Major League Baseball game. Yeah, it's the, the twin brother of pitch velocity, which is what you would see on the on the, the pitching side. And we know that when people, when, a, when an athlete throws a baseball, you're always looking at the output, which would be the velocity, or if it's a strike and how much it moves now as they start to get more uh, detailed in what's happening here. It, it, but we really don't really focus on what's the, what's the input, what's behind that, what's driving that output, what's the input, what is the athlete, what kind of athleticism is he inputting into that pitch delivery. Well, the same can be said also on the baseball swing. What swing rehab really focuses on is on the input. And if we get the input right, what our research and our studies have shown us is that the output will be very similar or close to the, 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 the results that you want as, as, a, as a player. So we really want to focus, focus on, on being able to drive that body, get it into the right situation. That is called athleticism, putting as much athleticism into to the swing as we possibly can. Not necessarily intent. We do want to be able to have intent. We think intent and athleticism are are um, really important or interlinked uh, with it. But sometimes the intent has to slow down when you're in training mode, so that you can get the movements of what the athleticism wants you to do. And as you get comfortable with those movements, you continue to to get uh, speed up that process over and over, and, and apply more intent and apply more intent. Uh, but you definitely have to have some type of factor in there where you you can measure the input, and that's what some of these blast sensors, uh, the bat sensors do. My favorite one is the blast motion sensor. I think it's the, the best one on the market right now. So uh, today's summary is is really focus on the input of your swing and expect uh, and hopefully be able to measure that the output uh, is better from what you're putting into the swing, which is athleticism and uh, understanding that movement. So that's what I wanted to talk, ramble about today, Jim is input. I'll continue to put out some content and, and any future short shows if people have questions about the swing, be sure to send those questions over to me. Um, again, thanks again for letting me be on this week. Happy Thanksgiving to all, and I look forward to, to joining in and talking to the group next week. Special thanks as always to Rick and, uh, and of course, Blast Motion. Uh, he's such a big uh, um, believer in it, and I've seen it. It's the, the metrics that the kids get back and that Rick gets back. And then you can incorporate the training program. It is a great tool. And if you want to know more about it, just check out Rick Strickland. All you got to do is, you know, it, it's just such an it's, it's an easy tool 
to use, but you also have to understand how to use it. So that's why, you know, when a guy like Rick or one of these guys, they, they do the Facebook live or they, or they give you guys the opportunity to contact them, make sure you do so. That way you understand what you're doing and why you're seeing the numbers you're seeing, and they can help you with this. Most of these guys that I've encountered over the years, whether it be a Rick or a Justin Stone or, or Matt Lyle or any of these Tewksbury, any of these great instructors that I've had on this show, uh, they're, they're gracious with their time. Now, you know, they do do this stuff for a living and, you know, they have obligations, but the reality of it is they love to talk baseball just like any of us. So if you ever contact these guys or want to do it through me and have questions for them about anything we've ever discussed on this show, you know, again, info at youthbaseballtalk.com. I'm getting more emails each and every week and I'm happy to do it. Uh, you know, it was the email that I mentioned earlier in the show that kind of, kind of sparked the, uh, the, the show this week and why I had in my, you know, one of my best friends who's now taken over the reins of the team that I used to coach as my son uh, moved on to high school and that team will stay together and finish their 14U season. Uh, having Matt Bowen, who I have so much respect for, come into the studio today and basically, you know, really be open and honest like we've been trying to do more of lately on here and look at ourselves and look at the things we've done. Uh, you know, take more of an attitude of, hey, nobody here is perfect. We've all made plenty of mistakes and we're all just trying to learn which ultimately is the whole reason we started the show is to try to show coaches that it's okay to not know everything. You don't have to be perfect. You're never going to be perfect to be a coach. What you got to do is you got to be willing to give of your time, give of yourself, open your mind up a little bit and learn just like everybody else. And if you can do that, I think you can be a great coach. You know, that's what it takes at the end of the day. And, uh, you know, Matt coming in today meant a lot to me as, uh, you know, I've said on the show before, you know, I needed, I needed him years you know when he joined me a couple of years ago you know he didn't need me i needed him and uh he helped me with my outlook on the game um he was a great uh, guy to bounce things off of i've always had great people around me but matt was just such a a, a great uh comrade in the dugout and he had a little bit of a different tone than i did and i learned as much from him i assure you as he ever learned from me so i appreciate him coming in here today it meant a lot to me and i hope you learned something there as well uh, for uh, my producer Brian who I uh, appreciate working this holiday week and sticking with us here through the end uh, I'm Jim Cromer and this is Youth Baseball Talk and I want you to have a safe holiday weekend and we'll see you next week Tune in next week for another edition of Youth Baseball Talk Subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher or wherever you listen to the show Find us online at youthbaseballtalk.com, facebook.com slash youthbaseballtalk, or on Twitter at Podcast Baseball. Plus, check out all of our podcasts at lineupmedia.fm. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.